Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are starting a brand new series that we're calling Can't Steal My Joy. And over the next four weeks, we're going to be deep diving into the book Uh, into one very specific book of the Bible, the book of Philippians. And we did a series like this last year with the book of James, and it was incredible. So we wanted to do a similar series where we took a look at one specific book of the Bible this year. Now, there are 66 books in the entire Bible, 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. So we studied one last year, and we're going to study one this year. So What that means is that if you stick with us, if you hang out in our church for the next 64 years, we're going to be able to get through this entire bad boy. So uh, we're excited, and I'm, I'm so excited for this series. I love the book of Philippians, but I'm also excited because our team has worked so hard to create a a online 24-day devotional to go along with this series. And you can find that devotional on our brand new app, or you can find it on our website at queencitypeople.com slash Philippians. And so every day for the next 24 days, we'll take some time to read through the book of Philippians. And then somebody from our team has written a short devotional every single day, and there's going to be all types of practical tools and resources to help you learn and process what God is saying, and it starts tomorrow. So I'm so excited to start this 24-day devotional tomorrow. So let me give you a little context of the book of Philippians before we jump into the content today. Philippians is a very short book. It only has four chapters and 104 verses. If you wanted to read it all in one setting, it would really only take you about 10 to 15 minutes. And this book of the Bible is actually a letter that is written by a guy named Paul. And Paul's a legend. He's an OG. He's a guy that met face-to-face with Jesus. Paul was a guy that wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, and he started a whole lot of churches. I'm telling you, if there was a Mount Rushmore of Christians, Paul would be on it. Um, And that's who wrote this book. Paul wrote the book of Philippians, and he's writing a letter to one of the churches that he started in the city of Philippi. And one of the major themes of this letter is how to have joy no matter what, that no matter the circumstances that you find yourself in, that you can have joy. Many scholars refer to Philippians as the letter of joy. In fact, the word joy or rejoice is used 16 times in this very short book. But here's the irony. Paul is writing this letter all about joy from a Roman prison. Not because he did something bad, but because of his faith. So he was quarantined. He was all alone, all by himself in a Roman prison, which by the way was awful, And he was awaiting trial to see whether or not he would be executed. And if that's not enough, on top of all that, Paul had this lifelong dream to go to Rome, 
to preach the gospel and see thousands and thousands of people make the decision to follow Jesus. But that actually never happens. Instead of going to Rome as a preacher, he goes as a prisoner. Instead of preaching on a stage to thousands, he's sitting in a jail cell all alone. Yet somehow, in this book that's four chapters, he writes over and over again that we can have joy that can't be taken from us. And that's because Paul understood something that we need to desperately understand, especially right now during this coronavirus season, that that there's a huge difference between happiness and joy. In fact, today's message, if you're taking notes, is this, it's just happiness versus joy. That's what we're gonna talk about to kick off this series, happiness versus joy. We're gonna have this important conversation that there's a big difference between being happy and having joy. So today, I wanna give you three big differences between happiness and joy. And we'll start with this. Number one, happiness is external. In other words, that you are only happy when everything around you is good. So when the outside is good, you're good. So happiness is external, but joy is internal. Meaning I can have joy on the inside no matter what's going on on the outside. And what you have to understand is that Paul had earned the right to talk about this topic. He had moral authority in this area. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he gives his full resume of his bad days and things that he had went through. And so listen to what it says in in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 24. It says this, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. And that was what Jesus experienced before he went to the cross. Jesus experienced once. And Paul says, I experienced that five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. And I'm not talking about recreational use. I'm talking about somebody picking up some rocks and throwing. Some of you are thinking right now, well, at least he had some relief. No, we're not talking about that. Uh, And it goes on to say, three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I faced danger from my own people, the Jews as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. I'm telling you, Paul's lived some life. When you read through that, you're like, my goodness, Paul has had his share of hard days. He's been through some stuff. And the same guy who went through all that, he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just seven chapters earlier, he says this in verses 16 through 18. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly, We are wasting away, yet inwardly 
We are being renewed day by day. That's what's happening on the inside is different than what's happening on the outside. And then he says this, for our light and momentary troubles. Are you kidding me? Light and momentary troubles? Being, being beaten, being stoned, being whipped, having being shipwrecked, these light and momentary troubles, he says, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on the external, but on what is unseen, the internal. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And this, by the way, is what I want for you so bad, that no matter what's happening on the outside, something different can be happening on the inside, that you can have internal joy, not just external happiness, no matter what. Because happiness is external, joy is internal. Number two, happiness is based on circumstance. Now the word happiness comes from the Latin word hap, which means circumstance or luck. So in other words, happiness is 100% dependent on your circumstances being right. So when your circumstances aren't right, when you have a bad day, when you lose your job, when you don't get the promotion, when that person breaks up with you, when you receive a bad diagnosis, Whenever you go through a global pandemic that shuts down the modern world and causes a quarantine, that whenever the weather is bad and it rains all week, whenever that happens, when your circumstances aren't right, you can't be happy because happiness is based on circumstance. But joy is based on Jesus. And this is what Jesus himself says about joy in John chapter 15 and verse 11. I love this verse. He says, I have told you these things so that you may be filled with not just joy. He says, my joy. So that you can be filled with my joy. He's saying there's a joy that you can experience with me. And it's not just a little joy. He goes on to say, yes, your joy will overflow. And listen, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you need to know that you have access to overflowing joy that you can't find anywhere else. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, one, I'm so grateful that you are hanging out with us today. I want you to know that you belong before you believe and you belong before you behave a certain way. But I want you to know that if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, that what's so cool right now is that you could. That if you haven't said yes to Jesus, if you haven't received grace or forgiveness for all your mistakes, if you have never given him your life or made the decision to follow him, today is the day that that can change. In fact, this is the perfect day. Why not today? Why not now? In just a few minutes, just as a heads up, spoiler alert, I'm going to give you that opportunity. And here's what I believe, that if you make that decision you will experience what David says in Psalm 51, verse 12, that there's joy that is attached to your salvation. That joy and salvation, they go hand in hand. So happiness is based on circumstance. Joy is based on Jesus. And then here's number three. Happiness, it happens by chance. 
It just happens by chance. And here's the bad thing about that. It's not up to you. It's by chance. You can't control it. I'm telling you, this is gonna help somebody. Don't waste your time trying to control the things that you can't control. Let me put it this way. Don't let the things you can't control control you. And happiness, you can't control it. It happens by chance. But joy, it happens by choice. See, happiness is not up to you, but joy is. Like you can't choose happiness, but you can choose joy. In fact, one of our 10 values it answers the, our values answer the question, what makes us uniquely us? And these values, they determine our decisions. And so it's our, really, it's our DNA as a church. And one of our 10 values is joy is our choice. So I'm telling you, we want to be people who aren't just putting a show on the outside, who just has this smile on the outside, but everything is wrong on the inside. It's not about putting on a show is that we want to be people that have something on the inside that can't be taken from them, that's from Jesus, and that we will choose joy no matter what. Try your best, throw whatever my way. I'm telling you, you can't steal my joy. And Paul, if you read through Philippians, he had this no matter what, I will choose joy attitude. And you see it clearly in Philippians chapter 1. And here's the crazy thing. He says that even though I had a dream to preach in Rome to thousands, but now I'm sitting in a jail cell all by myself. No worries, just give me a paper and pen and watch God use me to reach more people than I ever could on a stage, including a group of people that are a part of an 89-week-old church in Cincinnati, Ohio, more than 2,000 years later. And not only that, I'm going to make a difference right here in this prison. Listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Paul says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has happened to spread the good news, to tell people about Jesus. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. He's saying, this is awesome. Because I'm here, I'm getting to tell more people about Jesus and that I'm working on this guard and he's this close to giving his life to Jesus. But what is so cool is that every single person in this prison is hearing about Jesus. And verse 14, on top of that, because of my imprisonment, most of the the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's like you can hear how excited he is about what God is doing. So instead of getting stuck in the why, instead of just getting paralyzed by why, God, why am I in prison? Why, if you love me so much, if you're so good, why is this happening to me? Instead of getting stuck in the why, he focuses on the what. He's saying, God, what is your purpose in this? What are you up to in this? What are you trying to teach me? How do you want to use me? And I'm telling you, even quarantine in prison, Paul doesn't forget that he has a purpose, that he's still on mission, and that God still wants him right then and there to make a difference. And listen, you can too. You can. 
that this verse and this message applies to you just as much as it does him. And that you don't have to get stuck in your why. God, why is this happening? Why is all these things happening right now? What, where you can sit there and shift your focus from the why that can paralyze you and have you stuck there. And you can think about what, God, what are you up to? What are you trying to teach me? How do you want to use me here in this? And I'm telling you, you can make a difference too. That God has a purpose for you. And that, and that you can make a difference right here, right now. And then in the next few verses of Philippians chapter 1, we learn that there's some other people and there's some churches that are in that city of Philippi that he's writing this letter to that have started to really hate and throw some shade on the church that he started. And so he learns about this, that people are just throwing shade and sipping haterade about this church that is there. And when he hears about this, listen to his response in verse 18 of Philippians chapter one. He says, this is his response to that. He says, but that doesn't matter. Who cares? So what? Who cares if they're saying stuff about us? Who cares? That doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I, there it is, I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. I love that attitude. And finally, when he's waiting to be put on trial to see whether or not he's going to be executed for his faith, listen to his mentality in verse 21. He says, for to me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He's saying like, I'm not really sure which one I want more, life or death. You choose, both are great options. Like, what do you do with somebody that has that type of attitude? What do you do? Here's the answer, nothing. You can do nothing to somebody that's like that. He knew, see, Paul knew what we should know. And that is, because I know Jesus, I can't lose. I can't. Because I know Jesus, to live or to die, I can't lose. I'm in a win-win situation. Now, in this, in this quarantine season at the Cromer House, we are playing a lot of games, a lot of card games, a lot of board games right now. It's been a lot of fun. We're crushing sorrow. Sorry and Uno and guess who? And, and so we, we, have, we have two little boys. We have Jordan, who's nine, and Caleb, who's five. And Caleb, our youngest, is extremely competitive. He gets it from his mama. Um, and he's, he's, he's very competitive. And he goes in to every game, every game, five years old, he goes into every game fully expecting that he's going to win. I played a round of, uh, we played like five games of Uno uh, yesterday. And before every game, I asked him, Caleb, who's gonna win? And confidently, every time, no doubt in his mind, I'm gonna win. Now, truth be told, he didn't win one game, but his mentality every time, well, I'm building his character, I'm building his character. But every time his mentality is, I'm going to, I fully expect that I'm going to win. No doubt in his mind. Now, what if we had that mindset in life? What if you and I, that was our mindset in life? We're not gonna lose. 
We know we're not gonna lose. What if we had that mindset right now in this coronavirus crisis? That no matter what, we can't lose. Because I know Jesus, I can't lose. I'm in a win-win situation no matter what happens. I'm walking away undefeated. You can't steal my joy. Now, my question is, how did Paul have this no matter what, you can't steal my joy attitude? And practically, what's something that you and I can do to make sure that we have that type of attitude? Let me give you, before we end, just one very practical action step that you can start today that Paul shows us right at the beginning of this letter. And he says this in Philippians chapter one, verse three. He says, every time I think of you, notice this, I give thanks. I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. In other words, that when I'm thankful, the result is joy. So practically, how can you and I start to develop disciplines in our life for us to have this no matter what joy, you can't take it, you can't steal it? Let me just give you this answer. Try this, be thankful. Be thankful. Consistently and intentionally recognize God's fingerprints all over your life. And this idea of being thankful is all throughout Paul's letters in the Bible. He says this in Ephesians chapter five, verse 20, and give thanks for everything to God, the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians chapter three, verse 15, get this, he says, and always be thankful. In 1 Thessalonians chapter five, verse 18, he says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus that if you belong to Jesus, if you've made the decision to follow him, God's will for your life is to be thankful in all circumstances. And these verses illuminate this truth that no matter what you're going through, no matter what life looks like, we can always, always, always find something to be thankful for. And listen, the Bible would not tell us to do things like always be thankful and to be thankful in all circumstances if it wasn't possible. And the truth, yes, we're going through something very hard right now. I'm not minimizing this season of life that we're in. This is a very hard season that has very real consequences. This pandemic is real and it affects every single one of us. In fact, this may be the hardest season of your life, the hardest season that you've ever gone through. And I think when it's moments like this, it's so easy to think and obsess about the negative, like what we don't have and what's been taken away, what we can't do. And I'm telling you, if you obsess and that's all you think about, you will find yourself in a very dangerous place that's full of bitterness, full of resentment, full of frustration, but I want to be someone. And I want to be, and I, I want our church to be full of people who can always, always find something to be thankful for. That instead of focusing on what we don't have, let's be thankful for what we do have. Let's wake up every single day 
and find something to be thankful for, that you can get up every single day and say, today I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for the empty tomb. I'm thankful for his grace and forgiveness and his love. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that's always with me, that I'm never by myself, no matter if I'm at home by myself. I'm never by myself. I'm thankful for my family, my spouse, my kids, my, my parents, my brothers, my sisters. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for my roommates. I'm thankful for the extra time that we're getting to spend together right now. I'm thankful for the gift of time with the people that I love. I'm thankful for the gift of today that wasn't promised to me. I'm thankful that there's air in my lungs and that my heart is beating today. I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for the miracle of technology that we still get to gather together as a church. I'm thankful that the church isn't closed that it's alive and well and still moving forward. I'm thankful for church at home. I'm thankful that we're getting to experience this. I'm thankful for the dream team that works so hard week in and week out to make sure that we get to experience this. I'm thankful for my digital small group on Thursday night. I'm thankful for each and every family that's represented in there. I'm thankful for FaceTime and for Zoom and for house party and for Google Hangouts and for all the different avenues that we're still being able to connect. Yes, I get tired of them sometimes, but my goodness, I'm so thankful that we get to have this. I'm thankful just for the gift of being able to slow down a little bit right now in this season. Thankful for our amazing city and our leaders, the people that are working so hard behind the scenes that we don't even see that are working so hard to get us back. I'm thankful that we are right now starting to make some slow steps forward. And it may not be where we want to be, but my goodness, we have some steps forward. We can go eat in restaurants. We can get our hair cut. I'm telling you, I am so thankful that we're taking some steps forward. And I'm just, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for coffee. Come on, can I get a good amen? I'm thankful for coffee. I'm thankful for takeout options at restaurants and haircuts and stretchy pants and the last dance documentary. I'm telling you, we can always find something to be thankful for. And being thankful has a way of turning what we have into enough. And so today, I want to challenge you with something very specific. I want you to fill in this blank every day for the next seven days. Today, I am thankful for blank. And I challenge you to write down a minimum of five things. If you wanna go more than five, go more than five. But every single day, I challenge you to write down a minimum of five things every single day for the next seven days and keep a running list because I think you're gonna find that you have so much more to be thankful for than what you think. Even post it on social media. Let everybody know what you're thankful about. Tag me in it, tag our church in it so that we can see it. And if you do this, I'm telling you, you're gonna find that you have so much to be thankful for and that being thankful has the power to shift your perspective. And as a result, you will experience joy. I believe it with all my heart because you will see Write this down as we close. You will see that the fastest way to joy is being thankful. That there's a direct connection between being thankful and experiencing joy. Once you bow your head and close your eyes and just 
Right now, why don't you just pray this prayer? Just say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me right now? Ask him this, what does my response need to be to this message? Because I'm telling you as a church, we are passionate about letting our Sundays affect our Mondays, to not just go through the motions and just play church, that we want our time together to change our lives. So ask God, God, what does my response need to be? And maybe your response is to, is to dive into the devotional that starts tomorrow. Maybe your response is just to be more thankful and to, and to take me up on that seven-day challenge. And just, okay, the next seven days, I'm going to find at least five things to be thankful for. But maybe you're here and you're far from God and you don't have a relationship with God. I'm telling you, you can't experience the joy that comes from Jesus unless you have a relationship with Jesus. And we want to give you that opportunity today. So whether you want to start a relationship with Jesus, maybe you've never had it, or you want to restart your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you have in the past, but now you feel so far from God. And today you need a fresh start. And if you're here and you want to start or restart a relationship with Jesus, just pray this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I love you and I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me and make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. Tell him this, say, I I give you my life. And today I choose to follow you, not just for today, not just for this week, not just for this coronavirus season, but for the rest of my life, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.